Do you want to connect with the gifts of your soul and embark on a spiritual path that has meaning for you? Become your own mystical muse with the help of Elena Chapman in this illuminating podcast. Listen in on thought-provoking conversations that will help you discover meaning and fulfillment in this chaotic and harsh world by blending modern scientific understanding with the teachings of ancient sages and spiritual masters. Conversations that will help you find your special gifts and gain insight into the spiritual world's countless advantages are coming your way. And they promise to be enjoyable, open, and free of judgment. Let's start this enlightening journey with your host, Elena. Robert, you have had quite a life and you have accomplished so much in your life. But when was it that um, you kind of like woke up or you had something that just got you really interested in the spiritual side of your life? Oh, sure. First of all, thank you very much for having me. Oh, I am so I happy to have work. you. I love your work. Well, and thank you. I love yours too. I, you used the perfect word. When did you wake up? Because I was married to a phenomenal woman, just uh-huh. like unbelievable. And unfortunately, right before her 31st birthday, she was diagnosed with um, late stage breast cancer. And that's so young. It, it was. Well, now, unfortunately, it's a little more common. Um, this was mm-hmm. this was in the late 90s. We can't fault anyone because they they felt the lump, but she had no family history. Was she was too young based on statistics back then? And wow. when it finally was, um, they did a biopsy. They realized it was late stage because it had already spread. And um, I talk all the time that I watched her evolve, but it was my awakening. Yeah. And she actually journeyed with cancer for 11 years and became the founding director of palliative care at New York Hospital while having metastatic breast cancer. Nice. Wow. I left my role, my my job, because I was in finance, not to be her caregiver, really, but more I wound up being her coach because I wanted to help her achieve her goals. And it was in that you know, my, my whole world was, was tr- well, both of our worlds were turned upside down and there were, there were two ways to go. There was to damn life and damn the world and damn everything else, yeah. or to look at it and say, okay, so what can we find here? And her name was Desiree. So Desiree and I, we made yes. a pact very early on that we said, you know what? Adversity, or in this case, cancer, was not going to be the dominant color on the canvas of our life. It was going to highlight joy. In that journey towards joy and that journey towards the present moment, that's when there was this spiritual awakening. And interestingly enough, her oncologist was a spectacular man. He was born in Texas. Um, His religion was Jewish. But yet he sp- he followed a spiritual guru in India. And while my wife had treatments, 
he said, why don't you come to India with me? And I was thinking in my head, are, are, are you crazy? She, you know, her immune system, India, everyone gets sick, you know, we, we can't do this. And he's like, don't, don't worry. He goes, I know it will be okay. And so, so much of that was about learning about surrender, passion, purpose. And it was, when people hear this, it, it sounds so strange, but it was the most beautiful experience I could have ever imagined. And of course I miss her every day. I, I, I love her with everything that I am. Right. But you know, the idea of impermanence, which was part of the spiritual journey for us. Big, big part. Big, is yeah. It is just a natural occurrence. You know, it right. would be beautiful if we could, you know, both die in our sleep together at a ripe old age. And that's how it goes yeah. for every couple, but it doesn't go. Well, we that love way. that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but so that's, a, that's, that's my awakening. Yeah, it is. It yeah, that is fantastic. And for you, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but my mom and my brother died in 2021. Oh, and wow. I helped my mom pass at that point. And, and unlike your relationship, <laughs> my relationship with my mother was a little bit of a turbulent one through the years. And so it was a healing journey too. And it was a journey of, of acceptance of each other, which was a very cool, very cool journey. And then I helped her pass, literally, in so many ways. And that, um, it was the first time I've ever been between two worlds like that, um, between where she was going and knowing who was there for waiting for her. And also coming, seeing her hop back into her body. I saw that half of it, the actual passing. And I'll tell you, when she, when she passed, um, we both stopped breathing. It was like we were joined, you know? I, I can so understand that. I'm, I, I, I have to circle back to something because what you said about sort of that veil and seeing between two worlds, not that that happened when Desiree passed away, but for her 40th birthday, she wanted to go back to India where this guru was. Uh, we, we, we spent a lot of time actually in India during that period. She worked in the hospital there um, as a volunteer. I worked in a nice. it was it was it was so beautiful. And, and part of that that experience in and of itself was understanding true contentment. I remember when I was in the food hall. Yes, I was I was giving a basically a spoonful of rice and a spoonful of dal to 300 people that were sitting on the floor eating off a banana leaf. And I'd say 90% of the people offered me the first bite. And when I asked them, why, you know, what does, why do you do this? They said, well, this food is a gift from, from God. It's, it's a gift from a higher being. And I want to share it with you because you're serving it to me. And this was probably the only meal they would get. But so my wife's 40th wow. birthday, that, that's that I don't tell people this story that much. Um, and I alluded, <laughs> yeah. I alluded it to it in um, the memoir I wrote for her. But so there was this, this guru person who was a reinc reincarnated um, goddess, basically. And oh, cool. this puja that they do, I'm, I'm sure you must know the, that's where, where they have the flame and the ghee and they, yes. So he did a private one for her 
with the, the this idol, which was called Narayani. And I was sitting on the floor. They were up on sort of like a stage. And it was just the three of us. And after he finished the puja, normally the resin that's inside, he would take that and he would put it on the idol, the third eye. Right, right, the third eye, yeah. But he, yeah. he asked Desiree to stand up and he put it on her third eye. And I can tell you they became transparent. Uh, now, I, I am going to walk you through something that is just... That I is so I, cool. I you mean they, their physical form took their like another form. dimension of, yes. of pure transcendence. That pure is so transcendence. cool. And then oh afterwards, we had to take a car to Chennai, which is about three hours. And Desiree didn't say a word. And so, you know, it was her 40th birthday. I wanted it to be really big. I knew how sick she was. She is a very odd thing in this whole thing. She never wanted to know about her disease because she was studying to be a doctor. So when she was diagnosed, she said, Robert, you handle the medical situation. I'm just going to show up as a patient. Don't tell me anything. Yeah. Eventually she knew because she was five foot one and 80 pounds. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so wow. when we finally got to Chennai and she took a shower, she said, I, I have to tell you something. And I was thinking in my head, it's about time. So I'm like, well, what happened? Are you sad that we're leaving? And she said, so this person, the title of this person was Amma, A-M-M-A. Yeah. And um, Desiree said to me, Amma showed me where I go when I die and I'm okay. Yes. And I thought, oh, well, this is not the way any of this is supposed to go. And, <laughs> you know, like... I, I, because for me also, you know, there was that hope of, I, I crawled on my, my knees in Lords. I did all that. I took her through all the doors right. and the Jubilee, right. like anything, but it was in that moment, there was so much peace on, she was just so peaceful yeah. that when she was in the hospital, she turned to me and she said, Robert, I'm tired. And I said, okay, baby rest. And I knew she was asking me to transition care. Right. When she passed away, I don't know why, because it's not, um, I was brought up Roman Catholic, but I don't consider myself a religion. I consider myself right. more just spiritual. I asked if I could bathe her body. I don't know where that came from, but I was like, I need to bathe her, but I need to be. And so when I turned her over, I saw all the yeah. bed sores and she was only in the hospital oh. for 10 days. Oh. And so I realized her body could no longer hold her mm -hmm. and what she had always explained to me is she said robert there's a difference between extending life and extending death and she yeah. made the decision to this is this is the point so after after she passed away you know i i'm sort of a little lost and sure. ama had always said ama will take care when someone close to the divine dies the right. divine will send a golden chariot. That's so right. I'm, I'm sort of sitting there going, well, where the, mm, is the golden Where's... chariot? Right? Like, where is this golden chariot, I Amma? Now, now, right here. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to see it. Like, I want to see it. I need to know everything is okay. So Desiree yeah. wanted to be cremated, which caused a lot of problems in her family. Unfortunately, her parents didn't come to the cremation. They were very Roman Catholic. Yeah. Um, and so. So silly. We, we had such a, a beautiful ceremony. It was closed casket, but that at that moment, we, we opened the casket and we sang hymns and Indian nice. songs and we put like rose petals in. And yeah. so 
Nice. And she had asked me to put everything of hers in the casket. She's like, Robert, I don't want you to worry later on in life. You're looking at my diploma thinking, where should you put it? Yes. Send it with me because I want you to live your next stage. So anyway, they come to take the, the, the coffin away. And, and I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, we're going to take her to be cremated. And all of a sudden I said, no, you're not. Yeah. I said, I'll be the one to cremate her, not you. I said, I have to be there. And they said, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, then you put that casket in the back of my car and I'm taking her home. But <laughs> I, I, I was just like, you know, I got very New Yorker. And oh, finally but... they decided, they allowed me to go to the furnace so I could press the nice. button. Going down the stairs to the furnace, there's a big wall and a small door. That wall is blue and on the wall is painted a golden chariot. Oh my gosh, isn't that cool? And so it was just- right here you are, Robert. It, it just, I, 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 have, I have, every time I say this and every time I relive that, it was just, everything happened the way it was supposed to, not the way I expected. And I thought oh, I learned surrender. Life. <laughs> life. I thought I learned surrender in letting go and living in the present moment. But it was at that moment, I just let it all go. And that's yeah. where the whole life transition, you know, after she passed away, I, I had to move out of the apartment right away because it was hospital housing because she was a doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, everything was changing. And I went back to Dubai because I had a pay off a lot of debt after 11 year you know, journey with cancer. Yes, yes, and yes. I was like, this, this is not me anymore. I don't, I don't belong here. And I closed my eyes. I started to daydream and in a way I was asking for guidance, but I know what I was really doing is I was connecting to the, the inner child inside me that had dreams yes. and Italy came to mind and I had always wanted to live in Italy and I just decided I left the job. I showed up here. I didn't have a job. I didn't speak the language. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't know anyone, but I just knew (laughs) from that surrender, there was going to be a path that would unfold. And if I let go of the expectations, I can enjoy the journey. Incredible. Let me to life coaching and the grief work that I do and, and so many other things. And I know I'm talking for a long time here, but I do no, want to no, share something. Good. I, I, want, love, I, go I do want to backtrack sure. to expectation. And, and when you went in to that, I mean, there's so many lessons you really went through and you went through like three or four transformations or more in this journey. You know what I mean? It's a total uprooting and to trust the inner child and where to go. You did not allow your mind to fill in with but what if, what if I can't, what if I can't? It was, you just said, I want to go there. That is where I'm being led. And then this is the thing, you let go of the expectation. That is a very big jump. It is is just total abandonment, total surrender that you will be taken care of, that, that there is something there that is guiding you. And that you will, you will be, you can't fall. You cannot fall, you know? And that is probably the best lesson 
in the whole wide world on top of everything else, but for your own transformation, that is incredible, you know, for the rest of your life. I agree with you 100% because it was in that moment I also realized in a way the whole concept we have of failure and everything else. So silly. um, First of all, we don't know when our story is going to end. So we can never predict what the outcome is of anything we actually do. But when we do surrender and we do let go of the expectations, uh, sort of part of the grief work that I do, actually, I have an acronym for grief and the E is expectations because, you know, when you lose somebody, you have to let go of what you expected your life to be. And I joke, it's like Tarzan and the vine. If Tarzan doesn't let go of the vine to grab the next one, Tarzan is just hanging there. Right. That's what what letting go is. We need to let go so we keep experiencing who we are and not resisting everything because we're trying to stay firm. And and that's where the abundance really lies. That's where it is. Yes. It's a freedom. Isn't it free? Yeah, don't you feel, we don't understand so much how much that worry, that what if problem, that we, how much it weighs on us, how much territory it takes in our mind. And and it really does wear us because it puts us into a cycle. You know, it puts us in a cycle of, of, I don't know, worrying forward, first of all, worrying about the, the future. All right, so then that anxiety starts, right? And then when your expectation isn't met, you feel this, all of a sudden this, uh, it's not gonna work out, failure, things just fall, you know what? And nothing has really happened because you set up an expectation that wasn't even real. (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. And that that whole idea of, you know, the, the what if, I don't know if it was because of Desiree and the journey. Um, I also, my, my, my story, you know, I grew up with an abusive alcoholic father. So that was a, that, that was a situation that taught me a lot about resilience and grit and his mom, my grandmother was the most amazing woman in the world. You know, a short little Italian woman that lost her husband before I was born her, you know, she went to only the fourth grade. But yet, and this is a word we're not supposed to say anymore today, but she said it in such a good way. She would always say, you have to live like a gypsy. You have to be open to everything. Now, I don't know if that was in with that inner child, but the what if became what's next. Yes. Yes. What's next? Curiosity. What's next? Yes. 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 And then all of a sudden. That is, when you say that, what's next, and you have that curiosity, then that's when doors can open. The God, the universe, that force, I mean, seriously, it doesn't always do things the way we want it to happen. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'd say 99.9% of the time. <laughs> and what we have to do is what when we let go of how it has to happen and exactly it has to be this one thing. That's where we meet our own problems. That's where we have too much control. You've learned how to just say, listen, I know it's gonna happen and you can bring it forward in any way that you want. I learned this when um, 
I actually learned this in the last part of my divorce. I was uh, fighting for the kids and I had done everything. And um, I remember I, I met Bob Proctor. I oh. met Bob Proctor. Wow, I would have loved to meet Bob Proctor. Oh, wow. He, wow. He, he was very, I, I got to know him pretty well. And um, anyway, this was the very first meeting. Somehow, somehow I tried, I knew he had something for me. I'm that kind of person. If I know you have something I need to learn, I will go to the ends of the earth to, to meet you. So I found a way to sit down with him. And, and I said, how do I get to sit down with him? I know I'm a first time person, but I want to sit down with him. <laughs> and I did get to, and I would try to be composed. I wanted to be this super composed person who just was presenting herself, right? I sat down and everything just came <laughs> <out>. <laughs> It was not composed, but I was telling him about the divorce and how long it was going and I'm a new life and I've got three boys and all this stuff. And, and he said, you know what? Let it go. I said, let go of what? <laughs> he said, everything. You don't need to keep going with this because it had traveled to the Supreme Court of my state. Oh, wow. So, oh yeah, no, it, this was, this was a big one. And so I said, I said, let it go. And when I said that, I felt so much weight just lift right off. I mean, tons of weight that I had been carrying for so long. And I thought, I didn't know what to do. I started to giggle because it was just so much weight and I just couldn't stop giggling. And I, I just felt so light. And I thought, okay, I said, I will. I told him I will. And then I got up and I made phone calls. It was a Sunday. I was telling everybody to just stop everything. And then on Monday, they said, you can't. It's already there. And I thought, I don't want to let go of this feeling. I don't want to <laughs> let go. I, I, and so I thought, all right, I have to devise a way. I'm not going to do this. I'm not. I, I'm, I am just saying to you right now, universe, I want the betterment for all. I want the betterment for all. And that's what I did. I just, and I actually lost. I lost it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody says, oh, when you won and the universe did it. No guys, I lost. Wow. And when I lost though, this is the thing. I did say the betterment of all, for all, right? And so I'm driving down in Indianapolis and I get a call from the other side of the family, the patriarch of that side of the family. They do work in that way, literally. And so he said, he said, we know what you were fighting for. And I want you to know the kids will be totally taken care of. And see, that was the betterment for all. Yes. By them winning, it gave them an opportunity to forgive. And that's what was needed. Isn't that cool? I could have never thought of that on my own because I'm thinking of me and my kids. I'm not thinking of them, right? Right. The universe is very cool. And it turned out better for everyone. We have to let go. That, that is one of the things that I noticed in terms of this whole idea of letting go. You know, the, the letting go creates so much resistance. I mean, not the letting go, but the holding on creates. Holding so on. I, yeah. I would say, you know, if, if you clench your fists and you think about you're holding on to everything with your fists like this, 
how can you ever grab something new? There is no abundance when your hands are like this. No. And that was, it was such a, a beautiful thing that I learned. And the other thing was that lightness. I started realizing how all these worries, all the fears, it's like a big knapsack of unnecessary. And we yes. add to it. We, we never take out from it. No. Even if a fear doesn't happen, we sort of hold on to it as a, you know, well, I, I better just, you know, never really enjoy this moment because something bad may happen. And right. we don't right. let ourselves into it all. And right. that's, that's really what I learned with, with, with Des and the journey and afterwards as well. Even where I live now, which is where, where my family came from. Where is now? Where tell people? Uh, so where I'm, I'm I'm mostly Sicilian, but uh, one part of my family was from Abruzzo, so I live in Abruzzo, okay. about an hour and a half from from Rome. Yeah. And I remember Desiree and I never owned a home. We were always the type of people before digital nomad and all this other stuff. We didn't want to own anything. We wanted complete freedom all the time. And right. so I, I remember being on the bus coming from Rome to this town to sign the documents. And I said, I really just need a sign. And I look out the window and there was a rainbow over the town. And I'm just saying to myself, oh. like, these things, if people really yeah. sort of paid attention to the subtlety of everything, there's so yes. much to see. And that resistance really d does cloud us. And that- Do you really realize it's all one thing though? Yeah. It's all one thing because it, you have to be able to let go and trust to be able to see the signs yeah. because you won't read the signs. You'll be, we get, we get blinders on when we have that expectation and what we think needs to be done. We put the blinders on. We're not, we're not open to everything around us and how the universe is trying to, or God is trying to talk to us. Yes. And we ask these questions, is this the right place? But then we're, we're right here. Show me within this little teeny weeny parameter, God. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, give, give me evidence and I'll trust you a little more. Give yeah, me evidence oh my gosh. And it's saying, well, no, I don't think so. That's not how it works, you know? Yeah, You're I, doing I it backwards. This, this amazing conversation with my mom because, you know, that whole, when you said for the better, betterment of everybody, and even Desiree's oncologist, he would say to me, but he said to a lot of people, it's not about praying for a cure. It's not about praying for, it's praying for what's best. Yes. You know, and, yes. and Desiree, I, I, I watched her, like self-actualization actually happens because I watched it happen. I watched this woman become more light than than anything else. I mean, she just, she completely changed in those 11 years. And, um, you know, she wow. just, she became a, a, a true force. And that, cool? that whole idea of when I was talking to my mom and, you know, when she goes to church and, and she's praying for favors. And I'm like, well, you know what? If you're always asking for something just for you, and you don't get it, then you're becoming more and more delusion. How can you you open up your perspective? But she doesn't want to. No. Yeah. And so that's 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 okay. You know, she's 82. I can't expect <laughs> her to change. But and yeah. so recently, I went to 
do something called Vipassana. And Vipassana. V- Vipassana. And Vipassana, sorry. Vipassana. And I didn't know anything about it. I don't know it. what there that was, is. Every January, I try to do something outside my comfort zone a little different. Yeah. So it is a Buddhist practice of 10 days oh of pure silence, but oh silence where you can't, you can't even look at the other people. When you pass, wow. them, you have to look down. So you're 100% in yourself. And it's yeah. you wake up at 4 a.m. You meditate <laughs> with, with a gong because you're not allowed to bring uh, electronics. They, there's no power at night, so you need a flashlight if you need to go to the washroom. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. you're sharing rooms with people. It's it's a whole big experience. And there's only two meals a day. There's a lot of fasting. So during those meditation, I always thought I was a good meditator. But I always have water in the background or Tibetan bowl yeah. sound. Well, this is nothing. Nothing at all. And right. I realized how much my, my mind was chattering. Well, yeah. at one point in time, I actually got into sort of that state of being in a way I'd say outside of my body. I think I was like, did yes. they put that like um, ayahuasca stuff in there? <laughs> you know, because no, I think it's called starving you. <laughs> maybe it's starving you, but I was, I was complete. I like, I saw it myself meditating you. and then I was in my apartment in New York watching when I found Desiree throwing up into a black garbage bag in the middle of the night. And that's, that was when she was taken to the hospital for the last time. And I was watching it and I saw exactly what I did and I told her it was going to be okay, but I had never recognized the fear on her face in that moment. And it was such a gift for me to actually see that um, because it must've been something that I had, I I was holding inside. And when I got to a point of complete, let's say, silence in my mind i was able to remove one of these things now the interesting thing was then she was there in the apartment with me and i apologized and said i'm I'm so sorry i didn't realize how afraid you were and her response to me now i do believe in these things but sometimes it's so hard to believe in these things and her response to me was i wasn't afraid of dying i was afraid of leaving you and nice. it just, it, it in yeah. a way sort of closed it all up because we didn't get to say goodbye. She yeah. said, Robert, I'm tired. I said, okay, baby rest. She went to sleep. I changed the, I asked the doctors to change to um, comfort instead of life sustaining. And she right. woke up. So that was our last conversation. And I don't know if I, always, I needed that closure in a way, but mm-hmm. I don't think that closure could have come until I let myself, and that's the mind chatter, right? Part of that letting go and surrender is to not identify with that chatter. No, no, it's not. And by the way, the things that you do in in the meditation like that, I remember uh, in the Gospel of Mary, Mary once asked uh, um, Mary Magdalene, okay? She asked Jesus, she said, is what I see, when I see you in my visions, are you really there? And he says, trust. Wow. Okay. So, yes, that probably was a very, that was, you were free enough. You had to be free enough where you could do that to really 
say the goodbye, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? It's it, it it was it was so cool, and it it in a way even like I came back from from that experience even more in flow with the yeah. universe, which that's yeah. the other thing which is so beautiful, right? Because there are so many levels to the surrender. There are so many levels to letting go. There are so many levels. Oh to yeah. Yes. And it just builds upon itself. And, you know, who would have ever thought that I would be living in a small little town, two houses from where my great grandfather came from and doing uh -huh. the work I do and all of that other stuff. None of that was on my expectations. <laughs> Not in the least. Right. 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 But allowing things to be presented to me and being open to the possibilities, which is why I always talk about possibilities. I literally am living a life of dreams yeah. because there's this, there's this contentment. And, you know, even that word sometimes has gotten a bad rap because it's not complacency. It is the, no. it is about no. the wonder of everything. It is just the it absolute is. wonder. Yeah. That's what we have when we're kids. And it's so yeah. sad that we lose that yeah. when we get older. And I've started believing that part of our entire journey is to reconnect to that um, and get back to that wonder, because that's what holds the whole fabric of everything we see together. It so, does. Yeah. And, and it also gives you the curiosity. The wonder holds everything together, but it also creates in you a curiosity for more. And that's where all creativity lies, all creativity and all, all invention. Everything lies in that realm. That is the realm of, of God, really. That's the realm of God. Yes. And when we understand that, that's where, yeah, that and contentment, you're right. It does. It has, I don't think people understand contentment, period. They think it, it's like what you said. It's this, um, place it's the meditation state that's it you know what i mean that and they don't understand it is contentment is fulfillment at the deepest yes. level yes. that's what it is but you have to open to it and it's not you're not going to be laughing every two minutes it is this deep sense of just incredible like you said looking into the wonder seeing the beauty in everybody's eyes it is, it is a different place altogether that is supersedes that, that fast moment of happiness that is so fleeting, right? I, I love that you, you, you call that out because I talk all the time about how, you know, was, was I happy all the time during the whole voyage with Desiree? Of course not, no. Was I joyful? Yes. And, yes. and that's, that's, that's the, the contentment that's, you know, joy is all around that tickle we get when we see a rainbow, for example, yeah. you know, we don't work for that. We don't no. chase that. We lean into it. Yeah. We and lean and into that, it. That, that's, it's just so beautiful. And I was so blessed that Desiree and I, we grabbed each other's hands and said, okay, we're going to walk this walk together. Now, here's the thing that I say all the time, and it's hard for people to hear, but we all have a terminal disease because we all have to die. 
Right. And so those fears and those worries and everything else. So silly. It's such a wasted energy instead so, of finding I, so much more. Yes. Right? Yes. And so I like I, I think said, that's part of that that I do think it all goes together. That worry of what's gonna happen next, the worry of death, the worry that we only have so much time, the worry that we're getting old. The worry that we only have so much time to make our careers. I mean, it is so much time to have kids. You know that there's always this timetable. It adds up in your mind. You, yes. I don't think people understand how much they let that weigh at them. They really let, let that lay in their minds, in the back of their head all the time. And that's heavy. That That's really heavy. And it sets up. Oh, gosh, it sets up that constant fight or flight in their lives. It really does. Yes. Little bits of it, little bits of it, little bits. When you you really have to let go. Now, I guess people who are listening, they're probably thinking, well, do I have to go through something so traumatic to do it? Because both of us had a traumatic story. I do think that challenges that come into our life are, if we're living high and mighty, and we've got the job that's making money and causing us lots of stress, but we're making the money and we're happy. That's not when we're gonna ask questions. It's when when things, a challenge comes that, that makes us say, wait a minute, the old ways aren't working. What else is there? And that's the key right there. That's when the door can open. Yes. I don't know if we can open it any sooner. I would love to open it sooner for people. <laughs> well, that will yeah. not go through, but. I think they need that transformation. I really you know, do. There are, I, I think because we are all at different, let's say levels of awareness or wanting to question things, but the person that has that job and, you know, I've, I've worked with some of those people, right? And they have the $5 million house and they have everything they want. But so much some, money. For yeah. some people they say, but you know what? I'm working for all of this. They're aware. They're a slave they, to it. Yes. And that's part of now, of course, it's not saying to live like a pauper either, or everyone ha no. has their own thing, but there, there is something I believe that's called right-sizing life. I'm living a much smaller life than I was. I, you know, I'm the Columbia yeah. MBA, the investment banker. I worked in Dubai. Yeah, I should have like certain things. I had a ton of debt. I left work for a while. I, I took care of Desiree. You know, um, I'm not going to go yachting anytime soon with my <laughs> friends that I went to school with. It's just right, it's not going to right. happen. Um, but it's using your, your values as a compass. And if you, you become yeah. attuned to those things, like this one person I'm talking about, there's the person was aware that he was basically you know exchanging his life for the things Ugh. but he couldn't break out of of the loop because his identity is tied What's up in all of things? it yes yes and i think when you go through something like you went through or oh, i went through it is a hit to your identity that then you can start to see inside and say well who am i really how do i want to show up and all those other things sort of start to, to fall away. There's, there's a beautiful, do you know, have you ever read Richard Bach's books? He's- Oh um, my gosh, uh, yes, 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 okay. yes. So I just let one out. <laughs> his, his, his book one, 
which yeah. is um, one, one of my favorites. There's a quote that says, we're all born with a block of marble and the tools to craft it into a sculpture. Yeah. We can leave it untouched, which means inaction, in my opinion. Right. We can pound it into gravel, anger, or we yeah. can shape it into glory. The problem is you don't take the chisel, hit the block once, and boom, David pops out of the marble. Right. You have to slowly work at it. And I think that's where the transition comes because something that happened, you know, your experience, my experience, even people that have had smaller experiences, it opens them to thinking, hmm, can I start crafting this and become a craftsperson? And if I yeah. become a craftsperson, I have to surrender because there's all these natural elements as you start to build that you can't control. That's part of stoicism, right? And so all of what we talk about, what's so beautiful is these are the same things people were talking about 2000 years ago. Yes. Yeah. You know, this, this, the deep root Not of spirituality is, is a thread throughout every single all time. generation, all time. All time. Yeah. That, that says something in and of itself. That is probably the most constant thread. And yeah, then it is. I, I do believe you can tie it to love um, more than anything else. Like when I think of, and it's, it's love for life, it's love for ourselves, it's, it's, it's love for, you know, the betterment of everybody. It's, it's all of this journey that I realized, you know, when I walked through the, the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. It was, it was love that brought me through that. Yeah. And I sit there and, and I think a lot of times, because if we're in that narrow point, like you said, right. Or mm -hmm. what, what are, it's the worries, it's the fears, it's the, this, it's my stuff, my things. We become so afraid of everything else because that's the only little thing with those fists again th those little things that we're holding on to yeah. and then what what happens everybody else tends to become the enemy or a threat like and you talked about then you have that fight or flight going on all the time yes yeah you know it's funny when i was talking to neil donald walsh his whole book is um about the god solution and and when you read that book, you'll see that what he's talking about is pure love. Mm. And as you were talking about the chisel, and I think it is, it is the difference in that beautiful marble in the creation. Yes, you can start crafting it and you can take that chisel and hit so hard. But when you start to open up for love of the marble, love of the contours, love of of how it's shaped, it'll start to just form into it's love is like the key that opens it and it opens up into our lives. And I think that the love, you know, love is the opposite of fear. Yes. And, and it is just as strong, but we, we tend to lie more on the spectrum of fear where we can't, it's, just as strong, but it's not the exact same. I hear people always saying lately that it's the same energy. It is not, this, it's the same energy, but it's the two extremes. So fear is, is a type of, it, 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 well, it can cause you pain. It can cause you suffering. It can, it can cause enemies. It can cause 
uh, separation. It can cause anxiety. Where love is unity. It's joining together. It's it's building. You know what I mean? It's different. Yeah. Anyway, this pure love is what we find at the core of the granite. It's what we find in every stroke that we are, are opening it. It's opening the granite rather than hammering it. And it's love that brings us into our lives. It's the love of what we do. It's the love of who we are. It's the love that we bring forward in other people. It's when we start opening up into that, which I think any challenge can open us up to, that we open up to what life is really about. And from that come our true gifts. And from that comes what we are supposed to do in this life. And that's usually of service in some way because service is one of the greatest gifts we can ever have. And I think we have all as people just gotten away from that. And I think that's why we're seeing so many challenges um, in our world now, I do think that people have to wake up, but I'm praying and, and waiting and hopefully facilitating in this show and everywhere else that it is the love that's going, it's what is going to get us through. It's the love for the neighbor. It's the understanding. It is not staying in the bubble that this is not my problem. It is not staying in that bubble that you're going to disturb my sacred <laughs> peace <laughs> that I see. But it is reaching out the hand and saying, you know, I'm here. If you want to talk, I'm here. I'm here. I can offer this, that love. And then, then you'll see, you'll see that you're forming your sculpture. That's what it takes. That that is that is so beautiful. Resonates with me so much, because you know. And I I know some people hearing this when when people talk about love, it's oh oh it's wishy washy or it's this oh or yeah I know I get that all the time. They, they, they don't get it. All, all that stuff, but you know, one of the blessings of living in a in a small little town of 900 people. It's a medieval town. There's even a castle in my backyard. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, really? Oh, yeah. it sounds so charming. <laughs> it, 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 it is so charming, but you know what? There is real community. They still yeah. use the piazza and they still share stories and there is vulnerability, uh -huh. which vulnerability is one of those things that we need to open ourselves up to the one, yeah. to creativity, to innovation, all of those <sighs> other things. Um, and so when people talk about, you know, let's say love and fear having the same energy, they're one, they're completely different frequencies, but we're, we are wired for fear. I mean, that's just comes from evolution right. and, um, right. we've lived in a situation where we're constantly bombarded by potential threats of something. There's always constantly talk constantly now, for me. What was really interesting is. Um, I lived through September 11th in, in, in New York. And okay. actually, I was supposed to be on the top floor at Windows wow. on the World for a breakfast that morning. And I canceled it at 7.30 in the morning. I have no idea really why. So that's another wow. one of those things. Maybe I was just supposed to take care of Desiree. It was not your time. It was not my time. But New York came together in this yeah. sense of community. And it was, it was just beautiful. It was incredible to watch. 
um, everyone's doors were open. Even there was a couple of years afterwards, there was that big blackout and everyone was afraid it was another terrorist thing. And again, there was this sense of community. Yes, the pandemic was something different, but it all became very isolated, me, masks, yes. no masks, vaccine, no vaccine. And yeah. just living through two big events and New York's my hometown, yeah. right? And seeing the difference yeah. in the reactions is what really surprised me. Yeah. Because there was, there was no sense of community during no. the pandemic yeah. as there was around September 11th. Yeah. And so it th yeah. that brings up the question, what's actually changing? And I think everyone's holding on a lot tighter. Yes, that's exactly right. If we love is a type of abandonment, it is. And and what becomes the most important thing? It's it's the love in the life. It's the love in everything, in in every part of who you meet. It's the pulling together. It is stopping and knowing the man is lonely and maybe he's had struggles in his life that your neighbor that you never talked to because you're too busy running, stopping and talking. That's love. That's when you start, that's when it just opens you, opens you, that community. When we went into COVID, it was, it, it was a severe fear of, of we were going to get it. Everybody had it. You couldn't trust anyone. You had to, and it was set up that way. Yes. And I had, my mom had COVID and I had to, I was with her during it. I got it. It was not, I didn't get it very long and it was gone. You know what I mean? I thought this is, and for her, she survived it. That's not what did her in at all. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> but, you know, the, the thing is, I just saw all this fear and it made people crazy. I was working at the radio show and I remember this man came in and he was a host. He was an older man. He was extremely unhealthy. He's been in and out of the hospitals and everything. And yet um, the COVID had just started and we were wearing masks, but I was wondering about the vaccine, not that I wasn't going to get it but I tend to be very sensitive to those things anyway. And I'm wondering, okay, what's this gonna do to me, right? Just be, not that there was something wrong with the vaccine. I am not going there. Don't start writing in. <laughs> it's that <laughs> with my body, it doesn't always work so hot. So <clears throat> I was a little wary. Anyway, so was the host. Oh my God, he yelled at us, just yelled. And I thought, wait a minute, aren't we? So this is, we're supposed to be, in my mind, we're supposed to be pulling together and helping each other, not yelling at each other and separating each other and talking like we're all this contagious germ. I really saw that happening all over the world. And I really don't know, it's very interesting to me. I haven't fully understood why it had to happen that way. But I do hope that everything that's happening in the world now that we can get past that and start opening up more and trusting each other, especially in everything in, in um, just what's happening, you know, with everything in America, what's happening in the whole wide world. It's going to take community to get through everything that's happening and it's gonna take love. So now, now that with your new journey and everything you are going on in, 
and and building this new business and building this incredible new life what are you finding is your next big realization you want to reach do you have anything wow that is that 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 is, that is a great question um the realizations i don't so i don't have an expectation no uh, so, expectation you know, so great. i i i'm more open to just continuing to learn i'm, like I'm not I, you know, if you put that out there, right, a, a lot of people could say, ooh, that, that's so scary because what happens if you get sick? You know, yeah, you're asking to learn. Is it going to be a bad thing? Is it going to be a good thing? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be bad or good, but it it, 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 it is the journey, right? So yeah. I'm going, I want to continue to step yes. in with, with curiosity. The one passion that has... I've always, I've been involved in, in, let's say grief work for a long, a long period of time, right. but sure. you know, because when I became a life coach and because of who Desiree was, all of a sudden the palliative care community knew who I was and oh, right. well, now you're a coach. We have people for you. And it was more, let's say on the bereavement side of work. Yeah. And That's as, as I'm here now, many years after and looking back and realizing the growth that came out from the the walk through the the, the shadow of the valley of death right. is the fact that there is growth to be found. It, yeah. It's like a, a seed. Yeah, you could put a seed in a, a glass of water, I guess, but you know, a seed has to be buried right. to actually become something. Right. And so, I I feel this this passion, this desire to bring people along on a different journey of, of loss and grief. Because I, I say all the time, my heart is beautifully scarred for having loved and lost my wife. Yeah. I yeah. will love her. I will always love her. She will. The love d doesn't die. I think a lot of times we, we try to hide from that because it is painful to have those memories. But it's yeah. also beautiful to have those memories because that, yeah. that's part of the fabric who we are. After yeah. whatever happens to us, it's part of the fabric of who we become. Exactly. And so it's not that you want, I, I truly do celebrate everything that's happened in my life. And I'm, I can actually give gratitude even to my father because if it wasn't probably for growing up that way, I wouldn't have the resilience and grit to have dealt with my wife in that situation in the way that I did to then recreate my life. If I'm happy with yeah. who I am, and I think this is the big question for everyone. If you can sit and really be honest with yourself, if you're happy with who you are, then you have to thank all the bad stuff and the good stuff. You have to thank everything because it made you who you are. If you're not happy, then ask yourself what needs to be changed to become the version you're happy, proud of, that you admire. And that's the journey that I learned in, in grief. Yeah. And because you yeah. strip away a lot of the unnecessary as well, you know, yeah, those hands open up. Once you stop having that resistance and let go of those expectations, and you see that there, there is a whole nother world and there's no reason not to step into it. It's, it's not wrong. No, it's not. not. In fact, that's what we're supposed to do. Yes. <laughs> 
We're here. We're not supposed to accomplish anything. We're supposed to live. And through the living is how we learn. And that's how we grow if we're supposed to grow. And that's how we, we wow. Well, and I do think it's finding our way back to that love. I really do. I think that is what we want to remember who we are. And we are pure love. When we remember that, then, then we're home. And, and, I love that, that you said whole, because I, I think that it's such an important word. And, you know, for what what I would suggest for people that are, are listening and they're like, oh, that whole lovey-dovey thing, you know, it's too much love. Oh, I know. <laughs> love, love is no resistance. Fear yeah. is 100% resistance. If you want to just think of the spectrum in a different way, are you going to resist life the whole time? Or are you going to just flow with life? That's the difference between fear and love. Okay. And if you can just love it all, just think about that. That's, it, doesn't, it doesn't make you weak or sad or vulnerable or this, or it is just saying, I'm not resisting. I'm, I'm welcoming, I'm meeting life where it is. I will know who I am in that moment. I get clarity on where I wanna go. There's a lot, the, this resistance that we carry with us, and to a certain extent, it's, it, it's somewhat ingrained in us because of the way we even learn, right? We have certain grades and there's the, there's the you know, the jocks and the nerds and there's the, the high achievers and the low achievers and there's this yeah. and that and there's yeah. all this different segmentation. Yeah. We are, and I, I understand everything that's happening today with they and them and this and that and all the other stuff, but we we are people we yeah. are here together we're all unique celebrate that uniqueness but stop resisting different pieces of life right it's the resistance that holds you back from from everything you were supposed to be here for it really is so now you um are people who want to learn more about you, who you give wonderful, don't you have retreats in Italy? Oh yes. my gosh. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. So, so where can people get hold of you if they want to learn more? Sure. Well, they can just go to my website, which is robertpardi.com. My <laughs> books, all three of them are on Amazon. And um, yeah, the, the, the retreats, it's pretty spectacular because they're, they're very small. They're only for eight people. And there's three eight a year scripts. in Puglia because the idea is to have an experiential journey. So it's not necessarily coaching, but it's more about intentional living. But we use places as a metaphor for a life lesson. So there's one place we go to in Puglia, which is a castle which supposedly housed the Holy Grail. Oh my gosh, how cool. And so That's we go cool. there and we have a discussion about, well, what is your Holy Grail? Do you nice. know what your Holy Grail is? Because that's your passion, your purpose. And then if you think of a castle, right? Well, are you treating it as valuable? You know, are you, are you setting boundaries in your life to not have people take your energy or, you know, so there, the, these yeah. places represent yeah. I like that. Very nice. That's not the castle in your backyard, right? No, the castle. So <laughs> the, 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 the castle in my, there's a, there's a castle in, in every 10 miles. In, oh, is it? Yes. 
That's really cool. That's very cool. Oh, well, I have so enjoyed this and I love your transformation and I love uh, the things that you have learned are lessons that some people never learn. And it is so wonderful that you are young enough to be able to celebrate this and spread the news. Thank you for sharing with us on Mystical Muse. I'm very happy that you came as a guest. Thank you. I, I am so happy to have been a guest. Thank you very much. Oh, we will meet again, my dear. Wonderful. <laughs> Namaste to everyone out there. And I'll tell you, you know, we talked about a lot of the transformation, but folks, you know, as you live your life, if you can just, just begin to say, I'm just going to let this be for the betterment of all. Just take that baby step, step and mean it and let it go. Just just that one time and watch what happens because things will start to happen because that resistance, you don't understand that resistance affects you in other ways. All of a sudden you'll find another side of life just with that one move, give it a shot. And then write to me, go to elenachapman.com and let me know what happened. I really am interested as always keep the curiosity, live that everyday, beautiful spirituality, and celebrate life. Namaste, my friends. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let everything you take away from this conversation strengthen the inner compass that will lead you to a life of greater meaning. For more episodes that will take you deeper into yourself and bring you closer to the gifts of your soul, visit elenachapman.com. Learn to manage today's society full of meaningless distractions, unchecked chaos, and deep societal divide with the help of your mystical muse, Elena. That's it for now. 